0: Welcome gamers to this week's episode of Last Call Gaming, we're on episode number 152, today is November 4th, my name is Craig Prowles, and the man who enjoys a steak more than anybody I know, Major Montemay. I do love a steak with a nice 151 rum. Oh, see like he's, we're slowly, slowly getting there, Um, but we do got a shout out that we did hit our, our 10k, so uh, that's, uh, that's thanks to you guys, so uh, I don't know, did you, I... You could see the numbers slowly getting there, but it is kind of weird that it actually – because one day you just wake up and it's on your analytics. It popped over 10 candles, I was like, awesome. It's crazy. I never thought we'd make it like to this many people.
1: So thank you so much because it truly does mean the world to us. But it's just so weird because it seems like just yesterday was like 100. We were excited to hit 50 and then excited <laughs> to hit 100, then 200. Then mm-hmm. once we hit that first 1,000, I feel like kind of like really landslide in. It mm-hmm. feels like
0: 5,000 mm-hmm. was just not that long ago either. It really doesn't. And I guess we need to plan something. The next time something's coming up, we do need to do, even if it's not like an episode, like we can just do like a, something in the middle of the day and be like, let's record this and take questions or do something like that. So
1: We should. But either way, thank you, thank you, thank you so much. It truly means the world. Definitely, guys. Thank you so much. So, oh, on the road to 100,000 now. On the
0: road to what That'll be the day. <laughs> so uh with that being said guys if you are watching the youtube version of this podcast make sure you like comment and uh subscribe share it to a friend hit the notification bell so you can keep active on all the videos we post if you're interested in following us on our social media uh, you can do so by uh, tagging hitting that link tree link that's in the description and if you guys are listening to the audio only version of the podcast Uh, Do it wherever your podcast platform of choice is, but Anchor is the home for us at the moment. We've been looking at some other things, but from there, you can actually do support and help us grow the channel. So, anything else? Perfect. So, before we dive into our main stories today, guys, we'd like to do What Are You Up To? We take a second, talk about what we've been playing, what we've been watching, what we've been up to. So, uh, I don't think I even grabbed a graphic, so I'll have to do one post-show, but uh, did you want to talk about your concert? I don't think we brought that up last episode at all. Not your new one that you're going to. The one you just got back from.
1: Uh, I did go see a day to remember in the used in Phoenix, and it was absolutely fucking amazing. I had like the best time out there. It was such a good show that, I uh, man, that's those two are bands that I would for sure travel like four hours to go see any any day
0: of the week. I said, and, and indeed you did, and indeed you did. So, so I just remember we mentioned it last time, and I think we didn't we didn't really dive into it um so with that being said what else are you up to or what are you playing what are you watching besides doing that since i got
1: back i finished gotham knights and um i'm did i I'm not crazy about it i think i stand with the score that most be or not most people i guess like ign or something gave it like a five or a six that's really where it is for me and it's i could get past like the gameplay flaws and it being clunky and maybe not as well polished as it should be but for me i just felt like there was real no like you know just oomph to the story like i just really didn't feel like it was there and that's what let me down the most because that was the thing i was saying from day one is no matter what you take these characters you put them in the universe the story is an automatic five just because everyone has a love for them it's up to you to build it from there so if you have a bad story the worst you're going to get is a 5, which is what I think happened here. You, I easily could have forgiven the other stuff had you made an amazing story and could have given this thing like an 8 or something. Yeah. So it, I just wasn't crazy, crazy about it. So other than that, I haven't really been playing too much else besides what we're going to talk about today, a little Call of Duty, kind of getting ready and deciding what I'm going to do next before Pokemon comes out. As far as anything else, I did watch hocus pocus 2 on halloween hocus. i kind of we were waiting for a while to watch that movie because i love the first one and uh we're not going to get any sponsors from disney anytime soon because cover couple of years if you're a child that movie is dog shit <laughs> i absolutely hate it i think that the five oh. or six that is was floating around for the score for that movie is generous oh. i literally think it's like a three or two like it i have not watched a movie in a, a in a while I'm like, dude, this movie fucking sucks. Like, so why'd you guys it write it out then? I mean, I know I know you, you've been known to turn off a movie for less, so why did you, you just have to see it to the end? I I was just really hoping, and the worst part mm-hmm. is it's, it's not the Sanderson sisters that's the problem. Like, their acting's good for, like, the material that they're given and the state that they are. They're the same way I remember them as being a kid, and as hokey mm-hmm. as that was as a kid, that's fine because it translates to me as an adult remembering them exactly how they were and i don't think it was like cringe or anything like that so i had no problems with that it's just the overall story and like the characters i i'm i'm not a movie critic but goddamn. <laughs> and the only other thing i do want to mention because i want to give a special shout out to Devin collins for writing me this morning and sending me tech nines caribou Lou, and remind me that i'm a fucking moron and don't know the difference between 151 and malibu rum Even though I've heard that song a million times and never, I guess, really listen, listen to it. So thank you for sending that to me because it made me laugh this morning. That's classic,
0: classic DC. So, um, and that's everything you've been up to, my man? Yeah, what about you? So as far as what... So I've been playing... uh, Well, I'll do what I've watched first. What I was watching recently, and again, we made sure we had to watch it on um, Halloween, was the movie... Leprechaun came back out. I think it was like 1993. It's the one starring Warwick Davis. Jennifer Aniston's like first big successful right. movie. Um, as a kid, dude, I remember this thing being scary. It, his look was terrifying. His voice was kind of terrifying. You go back and watch it. It, it is kind of a little cheesy, a little corny. I but think it's
1: almost like going back and watching
0: it the tv show now right like, movie that was terrifying as a fucking kid dude where... i still won't watch the new one because that movie fucked me up but uh leprechaun was cool she's ne- uh Dander's never seen it before so it was kind of cool to go back and watch it and it's on hbo max if you guys are interested in checking it out what i kind of forgot is how many there were because I, I remember there was a lot and there was From what I looked up, there was one, two, three is when he goes to Vegas, four is when he goes to space, and then there's five and six where he goes back to the hood. But then upon looking it up... So that
1: four was the hood.
0: I I got it mixed up. Yeah, see, so and but what I looked up is there's two more. There's ones called Leprechaun Origins that came out in 2014, and another one called Leprechaun Returns that came out in 2018. So if you are trying to watch that movie in its entirety, Origins is not part of that franchise. It's a separate thing, but... Returns I guess is even though it's played by a different actor and it's kind of what um Halloween did it like it retcons it to where all the old ones don't matter anymore and it's a direct sequel to the first one that takes place after the end when he gets shot and falls on the well and I'm like oh that's interesting I wouldn't mind checking that one out I'm sure it's a C-class movie but provided it's good cuz I kind of liked when they
1: did that with Halloween cuz Halloween went like a little off the rails for a while and then I think they ruined it with like the last two, because I'm like, ah, oh, these suck. You had a good idea in a good direction, but then you just kind of shit the bed in
0: execution. <laughs> and that's kind of how sometimes horror goes. So as far as what I've been playing, um, I did just recently beat the uh, Modern Warfare 2 campaign which we'll dive into a little bit later as far as Gotham Knights go I did beat it with Gino I, I'm a little on the other side of the fence with what Andrew has um, with his opinion high nine for Craig no I <laughs> this game has potential and if you haven't played it yet I could see within a year this game being really well done if, if they can get the fidelity up and if they can get the um the four player working because the storyline if the storyline is in my mind it's fine it's okay it can pass as a six because with that being said I don't remember shit about the storyline with Division 2 but that's not what made it fun for me. The fun part was playing with somebody else, getting our abilities, gearing up our guys, going out together. Like me and Jinnah would take out different parts of the city and and beat the shit out of different things, so we could do two things at once. So the story, even I mean, for some it may be lackluster. For me, I thought it was perfectly fine. I'd probably land closer to a six, maybe more towards a seven. But I do think there's some beauty in this game, and in time, maybe within a year, it'll finally be what it should have been. And again, I don't know why they just didn't wait another year and, and give it all the stuff that it needed because now a lot, I I just feel like a lot of people are, are turned off and they won't get back to it but I do got to shout this out because I've been playing this game more than I've been playing anything recently and that is um, Marvel Snap which is a mobile game that came out on June 9th of 2022 the publisher and developer is Newverse it's available on Android iOS and Windows now this game is great and I normally hate mobile games I think they're a complete waste of time, especially because I don't normally play games on a tablet. I'm always looking for like something to play on my phone when I'm like in an office or you know taking a pooper or something. You just something to do, and I like playing card games. Where when you play something like Magic or Pokemon on your phone, like those games are so long and drawn out. Right. Where there's no time. You almost have to quit before you even finish it. Where this game is done in six turns. So your deck's only 12 cards. The beauty is is the microtransactions, All they do is help you change the variant of your card there's no buying there's no putting money in this game and buying a card that's stronger than anybody else's all you literally have to do is just play this game and you unlock everything you can unlock an in-game currency but again it just buys new skins for your version of the card so if you're interested in it i would say checking out because i didn't realize how many people were playing it and it like i like a lot of people are giving this game like nines and tens and right now i didn't even know what it was yeah i'll show you afterwards dude, because it's it's dope and there's um the the season right now is the symbiote invasion so it's doing all kinds of carnage and spider woman and venom and things like that so um you can level up your cards you can um do daily missions so i would say if you're interested in it check it out because i showed it to dante dude we're like hooked we like text each other we're like dude who'd you get who's the new guy you unlock because you unlock different dudes at different times so you may get dr strange before i get dr strange but just playing the game you'll get all the cards eventually so uh, that is everything that I have been up to. So leave down in the comments below, guys, what you've been playing and what you have been watching. So with that down and out of the way, guys, let's move into our main story. And that is that the vr 2 is um, releasing. We just got an official date. We just got an official price. So let me read this real quick from GameSpot to catch you guys up if it's something you weren't sure about yet. And it says... Sony has set the recommended retail price of the PSVR 2 at $550, a price that makes this hardware cost more than a PS5 console. That deal includes the headset and a pair of new wireless sense controllers, or you can purchase a $600 bundle that includes a copy of Horizon Call of the Mountain. Pre-orders will go live on November 15th, but you'll need to first register to be able to book an early order slot for PSVR 2. This requires a PlayStation Network ID as well, and once you're signed up, you'll be notified via email if you have been chosen. And then it goes on for details, and this link will be in the description if you guys are interested in checking that out. As far as the release date, it's been set for February 2023. Is a big month for the gaming calendar, and PSVR 2 is going to make it even busier when it launches. The official PSVR 2 launch date is February 22nd, 2023, and again, link is in there. So... I mean right off the bat i think a lot of people were kind of very interested in the psvr too i'll get into this uh the specs in a little bit and we kind of dive into what it actually shows off but a lot of people were going man this is a perfect time for sony to enter the psvr game because their first one is is out and you can get it that price point i believe now is around 200 and that comes with the iron man vr but a lot of people were going man they could do this thing at 399 they could do this thing at 450 maybe and they were looking at that as being on the high end and it would be an exciting time to try to get one, but I think the moment, I think the timing is bad. Early in that year, there's gonna be so much going on, and then five hundred and fifty dollars. I mean, you saw it. What were your initial reactions? Bad,
1: bad timing, bad placement. There's no way that Sony was gonna take a loss on something like that. So I don't know what anyone was thinking that they it was gonna be like. Oh, they could do it at three fifty, <laughs> take the loss and bite the bullet. They're
0: they out with every other. You know, console when they, when they lose. were they? Did you really think they were
1: gonna do that after they just announced? Hey, man, we're sorry. The economy's not great. We're gonna have to raise console prices. <laughs> so coming after that, now here's this really expensive ass thing that you have to have our other peripheral for because you have to have at least a PS Five three ninety nine base currently until they raise the price for four ninety nine base PS5 to be able to run the thing so you're looking at more like a with taxes a thousand dollar purchase
0: yeah you're looking at because one of the things that is kind of weird with VR games unless it's like a triple a marquee title is is VR games can range anywhere from like 99 I mean just like anything on the console store like 99 cents to about 60 70 bucks you know I'm, I'm sure there's going to be games moving forward in VR they're going to be at 70 I think the average right now is 60 so I mean, yeah, but Andrew's right. If you're looking at entry level price point, you're looking at five fifty for the for the VR itself. Not on top of you've got to have the console and then a game. So you're looking at well over a thousand dollars just to play this thing. Where if you look at some of its competitors, just to enter, yeah, just its point of entry is just is a, is way intimidating. Where. If you look at something like the Quest 2 that is out now and it's arguably you know it's doing fantastic a lot of people are 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 kind of swarming to this thing so the Quest 2 was released with two different SKUs um, differentiated by storage capacity there's one with a 64 gig model price at 299 and a 256 gig model at um I believe 399 so even that it's like what do you want to spend to go play your VR kicks and giggles like are you want to do 400 and then a game or are you looking at spending a thousand plus, and then to, and then because now you're you're running the risk of finding either because even if you can get one and you don't have the other, you're shit out of luck until what you can find both simultaneously. And plus, you gotta have the games. I mean, to back it up, I don't think
1: that would I forget what that Horizon's called, that's like Frozen Wild or something like that. I
0: wouldn't pay a thousand dollars to play that. Would you? No, 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 definitely not. What is that game called? Call of the Mountain. Yeah. Although Call of the Mountain does look pretty good, but I mean, with
1: that I'll, being said, so- oh, I was gonna say I like the idea of what they were saying—one that you could buy the bundle with Call of the Mountain—but they're trying to say we're gonna try to launch with at least like eleven games. I'm yeah. like, okay, it's cool that you're getting some stuff out there. It's just hopefully these games are like big name games. But with I, I haven't heard
0: anything else besides Horizon. Yeah, with that's the thing—if they've got to be, they've got to be stellar titles. Like I know a marquee title. What is it? Uh, Half Life. Half Life. Alex. Alex that came out, which everyone said was one of the best games I've ever reason, played on VR. A reason to
1: own VR yeah. is what
0: I heard. They're, if you're going to be charging top dollar for VR games, which I'm sure Sony, anything that's under their under their umbrella is going to be a high-priced game, then it's got to be worth it. But with that being said, let's kind of look at what they're going to be doing with this that kind of separates it. So the specs for the PSVR 2 uh, says, uh, Sony has spilled some details on the internals of the PSVR 2. Right out of the gate, you can expect a... Uh, 2000 by 2040 per eye resolution using OLED HDR displays and 110, 110 degree field of view and a maximum refresh rate of 120 Hertz. On top of that, the headset and controller tracking uses six, a six axis motion sensor four cameras throughout the setup and an IR camera for eye tracking. Audio is fed through a traditional 3.5 millimeter jack and dynamically adapts to your position and head movements. Um, Most importantly, the headset will be connected to the console through a single USB-C connection, trimming down the messy collection of cables from the first PSVR headset by a substantial amount. So, I mean, they are putting a lot of good tech in this thing. And if you guys are watching the YouTube version, you can probably see the trailer running right now of everything this thing's capable of. And I got to say, the eye tracking alone makes VR... That changes the game instead of, you know, doing everything with your head and, you know, getting kind of motion sick that I know some people can because I have an old Oculus one and, you know, sometimes I got to put it down because I just I get kind of dizzy. I wonder, you know, the, the eye tracking kind of completely, I don't want to say eradicates that, but it definitely makes it a different it, from an interesting point of view of how you are actually going to view it. But I don't know, does that warrant making this thing
1: 550? I mean, I'm sure the tech is there that it's worth that money, but again, it's just not for me. You know, a lot of people I read online are acting like this thing's, like, going to fucking jack you into the Matrix. I'm like, (laughs) my idea of, like, what VR is and what it should be, I don't think will ever be available until the end of my lifetime. So I why why am I going to bother playing with something that, again, is nowhere near close to what I think would be, like,
0: ideal, you know? Yeah, I'm with you. And I think... I just think it's, I don't know, bad placement, I would say, in terms of being that early in the year when there's going to be a ton of stuff that are going to occupy people's time with big, big games where it's like, okay, do I want to play um, you know, the next the big title? What comes out in January? I'm trying to remember what we were waiting for. But like, am I going to play the next big game that with a console already had that 70 bucks? Or am I going to risk spending almost $600 to play Call of the Mountains? So I don't know. But I mean, I could see it maybe warranting the price, but I mean, nobody wants to hear that. I'd have to look at past sales, too. Like, is it really worth it?
1: Because I don't remember PSVR setting the world on fire, let alone Oculus setting the world on fire, that everyone's clamoring for, like, these big games to be coming to it. So, you know, there's a reason, obviously, Nintendo's not. Microsoft had something like that in the works for a while. I'm almost kind of glad that they're not investing in the same thing and maybe just saying, you know what, we'll let Sony do whatever, and if we're late to the market, we'll be late to the market. But hopefully by then we can come up with some tech or something to do it, maybe... Who knows? Maybe they're working on something in the background and just waiting to see how Sony's pans out, which I think would be the better deal than to hey, we're going to do this too, we're going to put it out, but now we're both
0: just going to flop because it's it just is what it is. Yeah, one of the things they said that you know you can easily already see is like the attachment rate is not going to be good for this thing because no one's going to be able to buy three games with it, you know, or at least I I would I would imagine most people wouldn't want to or, or couldn't. Where I mean, and I didn't have this earlier, so I'll probably throw it in now. I'm kind of looking at some of the games. It's like. None of these are really jumping out at me where I want, like, three of them. Resident Evil Village sounds really cool if you're going to kind of do VR. Obviously, Horizon Call of the Wild is what they want um, people to play. But other than that, there's a handful of titles, and none of them look like must-haves. So that's another big thing. It's like, you know, what are you going to sell this thing on the hopes that people buy two games with it? Like, that can't... That's what I'm saying. You should have made the price point lower... So I can at least buy three more games with it and get some software with this thing. Yeah, maybe have like a better attachment rate. Because, I mean, as it stands too, like
1: the way that I play generally, I when I play, I put in like a big, like, you know, five to six to ten hour session. That's like, do I really want to spend that with this fucking thing on my head doing
0: whatever the fuck it is that I'm doing? No. Yeah, I and mean, but, but the other thing is once reviews come out, and I'm sure there are some early reviews, but once it's kind of in the masses and everyone's going, dude, this thing is fire. Like this thing is worth the money. Then my tune might change. I might go, okay, if this is revolutionary, then maybe, maybe Sony's onto something and knows that they can sell that for that price. And because it's worth it and people will go to, it. it's just like the PS5. Everybody wanted that $500 machine and we're willing to pay a thousand dollars to get it at a certain point in time. So maybe this is the next thing that everyone's like, oh, well, 550, that's, perfect for this thing because i think you were saying that you were reading some comments where people were like oh this thing is makes so, perfect sense for what i'm getting and until right. we see more people playing it it's, it's kind of hard to accept that all you can hear is the vr machine's worth more than my ps5 so yeah like i said for me I, personally for me i mean i guess i understand
1: people who want to play it. it's just it's not there for me maybe i'd have to try it out i'm not interested but I mean, I'm not gonna sit here and act like this is some like cyberpunk shit where I'm reliving someone's death. I'm like, oh my god, this feels so fucking real, Dude, you know? Like, that'd be funny. <laughs> so like, you know, I'm, I'm I'm not gonna put this thing
0: on a pedestal just yet. Do you think now that you said that, you think they would have made a cyberpunk VR game that imitates something like? I mean, I don't know if they'd go like a rated M or something, but like. Something that would mimic a situation like that. that, Look, it took me 10 seconds to come up with your number one fucking seller. Guys, guys, guys. So um, if it is something you guys were interested in, that's the date you're looking at. That's the price you're going to be paying. And um, hopefully they're in stock. Because from what I remember, they were using a lot of the same components that the PS5 was using. So not only separating components that are required for both machines, one of them really isn't in the wild in masses yet. So... I don't know. Good luck to you, and if you do get it, I mean, hey, let us know or you know send us one, we'll we'll think of PSVR too.
1: I think I seen uh, I seen mm-hmm. a meme, and it said um, it was the Anakin Padme meme, and it's like we announced the PSVR mm-hmm. two, and sh- and then it's Padme, it's like you're using different parts in the PlayStation Five, right? And then it's like the Anakin smiling, it's <laughs> like you're using different parts, right?
0: Dude, I and love And I'm just that. like, oh man, dude, that's so funny. <sighs> yeah, leave it to Sony to to do something silly, but I mean, we'll see how it goes. So. Um, that is all I really got to say about that. Was anything else you want to add on the PSVR 2? Nah, I'm over it. Alrighty, guys. So, our next main story is that the Call of Duty Modern Warfare 2 multiplayer has now officially dropped. It came out on October 8th, or October 28th, and this is the game developed by Infinity Ward. So, like I was saying, I recently just beat the campaign, and I gotta say, that alone was stellar. I think we were talking about it last week. The graphics alone, the visuals, um, all of it looked great, so... I liked it. You can check it out. In my small review in this full review. So um, after playing that, I was really hyped to play the multiplayer. So take this with a grain of salt. I play all the campaigns for Call of Duty. I don't really jump on the multiplayer afterwards. I'm in, and I know I'm in the minority. Most people just play the multiplayer right. and rarely touch it. So for me, I'd say I was kind of doing the math. I think the last one I was actually really getting into was probably five years ago when like we would jump on and Denny and Dante and all of them were playing. So I felt like we played a lot of Cold War. Yeah, we did, but it wasn't like it wasn't to the volume of what I used to play because I used to be one of the main shooters. Halo for me is slowly kind of taking that spot again with it out. But so I will say this the gameplay is pretty rock solid. It, I once yeah. I jumped back into it, I was like, oh, yeah, this is Call of Duty. I, I mean, obviously, I got frustrated. People are way better than me, so I'm, i still got to get my my aiming back and all that kind of stuff. So it was, it was definitely solid. I will say the biggest hiccup that I had because I played pretty much like three, four hours with Daniel today, and we were kicking some ass, but we both got booted at least two two to three times between the two of us, so... See, I haven't had that happen to me yet. And you're playing with a lot more people. You're in a group of uh, probably four and up where it's just me and him, but we were cross-platform, so I don't know if the... Because he's playing on the PS5 and I'm on the oh, maybe. X, so that might have been a hiccup. So um, I'll kind of more pass it over to Andrew, and he can kind of go over the pros and cons and the differences between the old one and the new one so before we dive into it overall how does this call of duty stack compared to all the future ones does this live up to the hype of everyone saying it's a return to form or does it have its problems like anything else i think it has its problems like anything else personally if i did like but i put i
1: think 2019's launched a lot better and this thing for me personally even though it's not stuff that i typically engage in i'd have to like mark it down i mean there's a lot really missing from this and i mean this is outside i mean that that's the most important thing is there's a lot of things missing for this whether it pertains to me or not as something that i play i couldn't look past you know there's no hardcore modes on here at all so uh, that's been a big staple of call of duty for a while who feel like you know i just want to have the one shot and be done you know a little bit faster gameplay there's not any sort of modes like that on here completely fucking missing there's no gunfight which was the big game mode, the two v two game mode that, that, awesome. that we love playing from Modern Warfare 2019 that they said was going to be here. That's not here. There's no capture the flag. Um, so I mean, just those things missing alone, on top of the fact that um, you're, there, you can't check like your kill, your kill boards, um, your kill records to follow the challenges. There's just a lot of things missing, and again. It's hard to judge it now because it does run rock solid and the stuff that is there is good. But I almost wonder it's like, man, I wonder if the full scope of what's going on is going to be really apparent until Modern Warfare or until Warzone 2 launches and then whatever that DMZ mode launches and then whatever that raid mode launches to compete with all these other things. It's like, did you put all your effort into that stuff and just figure we'll get to this later? And we'll handle these things first because that's a bigger priority. Because if so, then I think that's kind of a shitty method how to do things. But I guess it is what it is. I think my other big problem with this thing is the UI is very bad it's like all know, it it's be, for me. I was, I was
0: even gonna ask you some things I'm like dude I'm like I'm trying to navigate this I'm like have has it been that long since I played Call of Duty where like no, I just don't remember how these menus work because I was like me and Dan I'm like wait how do we get to this okay so continue uh, yeah, yeah. I, that, that is something for someone who's jumping back in I was instantly just like this is very messy everyone's complaining about it the UI is just trash it's
1: so confusing on where things are I get lost all the time even when it comes to building a gun I'll click on the wrong thing and end up where I'm not supposed to be trying to do my classes and i find a lot of times too especially when the game's over and i'm trying to back us out it'll freeze because the ui and like the game's not loading like it's there and then i'm i can't fucking move but it's still continuing in the background because I'll hear the click of it trying to put me in another match and sometimes it'll throw me in a match before I even have the chance to have tried to back mm. out so that way I could check out my new weapons, check out my new you know whatever it is that I could do. I mean with that being said, those are really kind of the only negatives that I have for it so far. As far as the gameplay goes, the gunplay is super tight. It plays as good as ever. I'm enjoying a return to modern weapons. I think that's my favorite part is it feels uh, yeah, good. Yeah, you to love those use- weapons. It feels good to use any sort of gun on here i have not used a weapon yet it's where i'm like dude this gun fucking sucks like i don't understand why anyone would want to use it whether it be the pistol the deagle the sniper the shotgun the smg there's something here for everybody as far as the weapons go and i know some people kind of are complaining about how the unlock system works because you level up a gun and that gun can unlock like i'll use the lockman ar that's Only starts with 20 rounds, and then you can build it up from there. And the way it works is when you unlock stuff for it, it unlocks things for the Lockman class. So if I use the Lockman SMG when I unlock it at level 13, some of these attachments might go there. It doesn't just start from square one where I have no silencer, no barrel, no whatever. But sometimes some of the scopes are... There might be a scope linked to another gun that you have to unlock with another gun that you haven't even tried to use yet. So there's some scopes I it, it that's a little bit confusing, but I get where it's going and I kind of like it. But I haven't played a bad map though. I think except for the one that you like. I think you wrote down the name of it. It's a border crossing one.
0: Well, yeah, because I had it written down. We we're gonna go maps and loadouts, but you can just kind of go into the whole thing. So with all this stuff that you complained? Not complained, but it said it was missing. Why is? How come this game isn't getting grilled like a Halo did? If it's missing a staple hardcore. Mode, I don't know. The UI is messy. Like. I, I I've seen it get some reviews but like no one's grilling this thing like Halo was missing things. I understand Halo had had way less maps and things like that but like is it are Call of Duty fans just more easy to please i guess than then halo because I, I just i might get i'm not getting that comparison I, I thought the same thing and i don't want to call anyone out
1: specifically again i it's not like we're a big company or anything like that but ign gave the story a six and gave the multiplayer an eight and i would have it reversed i thought the story was like a good solid eight you know it was a rock solid story and this with just so much that's missing the stuff that is there is great but it's hard to look beyond you know again as someone who doesn't play hardcore mode it doesn't matter to me, but I have to look at that for the people who do play hardcore mode. Especially my dad is a big person that when he plays multiplayer, that's his bread and butter. He loves playing hardcore mode, and I only play that with him. But if he were like to ask me tomorrow, like, hey, you know, should I buy this? Why would I tell him yes? The reason I tell him yes now and the only reason he has this game is the reason I think a lot of people do is to get your grinding ready going so that way when war's on two drops you're not just starting off with blank weapons you already have a bunch of different options you could use but if it was just straight multiplayer I would tell my dad no hardcore mode's not there so I mean that's the main thing that you play
0: yeah if you're gonna get something that is the main reason why you want to jump into it and it's not there then yeah which is why I mean again it's just like I, I don't get how Halo got ripped apart for missing things and everyone's just kind of letting Call of Duty slide and saying all oh, the multiplayer is still great but I don't know teach the own. so yeah i know you were kind of diving into maps and stuff but overall i know so because there was two modes that were on there that it was kind of confusing for me as jumping back in i know that there was um well invasion and ground war and ground war so in the beginning when you when you can click on like team the, deathmatch, the confusing it, it shows you everything on there when i went to them it doesn't even tell me what the player count was is it are they just big maps so, with like 24
1: players so what it is is ground war is it's it's domination across like a big map, and uh, for those of you that don't know, domination is like there's like five points A B C D or whatever, and you just go and capture those points, and then as you're getting kills, that's how you rank up your score. That one is thirty two versus thirty two, so that one you could be in a helicopter, not I th- actually you can pilot them. You're not shooting down to anyone, but you can move it around, and then. Your team can be jumping out of it. You can spawn in it, jump out. There's tanks. There's cars with yeah, guns. Yeah, I did jump in a tank and so I was smashing some people. I would say it's like a weaker version of like what Battlefield is, except for it, it ran a lot better than Battlefield 2042 did at launch. And the, the difference between that and Invasion is Invasion is that same big map, but that's more like Deathmatch. But that one, I believe, is um, 20 on 20, and there's a bunch of bots everywhere too and so killing players gives you more points than the bots but killing the bots also gives yeah, you points yeah cuz well.
0: was seeing that too I'm like wait when the hell did fucking bots start swarming this thing but uh so that one's like just a bigger like TDM okay so but how do you like the map design so far because I knew one of the ones that I ended up liking a lot was I think it was called uh Zarqua um what was it? The hydroelectric station, and then the Santa Sara one. I think is what it was. When you're like crossing the Mexican border, you. I didn't know you were telling me that people hated that one. But me and Daniel played that one, and we were just having a black. But we were doing deathmatch. We weren't doing the big invasion style map that
1: kind of changes it. The invasion one's better because you have more ways to go. That that one is just.
0: I don't know. I was digging it. I like
1: like it and I have fun with it, but I understand why people hate it is it's because instead of being like three lanes, it's three smaller lanes for like Call of Duty. So you're almost always running into somebody. It's hard to get flanked. So it's easy to be able to, if you're a better skilled player, you could fucking spawn trap somebody like hell all day. You just sit there. Don't push too far forward. They're going to spawn back there. There's nowhere to go to try to get around anybody. So you're stuck. But two, there's a million cars because it's a border crossing that what does everybody do is soon as you start playing a call of duty match no matter what Need you it. throw your grenades no matter what and so all these fucking cars are blowing up that i watched this guy's video the other day to <laughs> so where he died from a car blowing up spawned car blew up ran forward car blew up finally made his way forward and then another car blew up and so he is four deaths in a row weren't from anybody in particular shooting him or anything
0: it was just random fucking cars on the map you're to get up. good Pfft, so, i didn't ride him so how are the so then overall then the map designs are they any better or worse and are there any other plans for legacy maps I like these maps so far. I don't. I haven't played one that I hate. I think my favorite
1: one that I like so far, and I've only played it a few times, is the Crown Raceway, which is on like a Grand Prix kind of like racetrack, and you're playing like in the middle of that where they would do like the lube changing and all that stuff, and there's buildings <laughs> and stuff coming through it. So I really like it. I know that they were talking about legacy maps, but I think that's like a next year thing, which would be cool because that gives you time to see how everything works, how everything's playing. You get the gun data on what guns are doing what, and how can we translate that into another map so it doesn't just turn into a shit show? where if it's a smaller map, traditionally the shotgun's now, you can point it in any direction and you're sniping people practically. So I could wait for something like that. I think this game launched with 13 maps in total, which uh, it feels fine to me. That's yeah, a good chunk. Because I don't feel like I'm playing any repetitively. And then I, as much as we played the beta... I didn't even play any beta maps for like the first few days, actually. It wasn't until after the first few days I was like, oh, here's a map from the fucking beta. All right, I played this one. I kind of already know where I'm going. And again, this Raceway one, I've only played that one twice.
0: Nice. And I really like it. Uh, the final thing I wanted to ask, and then you can add on anything else that you want, is I know you were talking about the loadouts and the guns and all that stuff, but is there anything new that kind of stands out? Because, again, I haven't played in so long. I-, I started playing with the drone as my LBRB, and it was i was going up and was like i was starting to mark everybody is there anything new in this that people should be excited about that maybe isn't in previous ones i don't know if it's exciting but i think that it's fine if you know what you're
1: doing but i think if someone new to the game like you would probably find it confusing like i don't know if you've noticed and again we've known about this for a while too so like your kill streaks aren't like kill streaks like they used to be where you have them right away you get your kill streaks over time so ghost is like a last end kill streak so if you're playing search and destroy mm-hmm. you're not going to have that for the first few matches or if you get swept you might not even fucking get it at all especially, like, if you're playing, like, TDM and maybe your team's just getting fucking squonked. Mm. You might not even make it to that third perk, but the longer the game goes on, the more your perks you get. So you start with two, then you'll get one, and then you'll get a third one. And you can customize what you want them to be. But so is that based on getting kills, still? No, no, uh, no, the, are, these are perks, not kill streaks. Oh, okay, No, the perks I noticed, yeah, okay. Yeah, the kill streaks are the same. You can do it like that, or I don't know if you noticed, and it's there for people who maybe don't get a lot of kills and get them going, is there, you can change it to streaks too, so that way you'll get them at least once by playing and getting scored up. Okay. So there is something a little bit there for everyone. I think it's just a little bit confusing. And like I'd mentioned earlier, with how right like now. the uh, the weapon attachments work, I'm curious. To, I I would like to hear your opinion if you would really kind of got to know. I mean, I goes. just started
0: playing today. Um, we just kind of get a feel of all the different modes and stuff because I really like playing that rescue hostage mode. Um but I like that one. That yeah, one's that was fun. so that's a new that's a new mode. Mm. So yeah, this, this mode where it's first of, like, 400 points or something, and you got to either rescue the hostages or defend them, and you switch back and forth, but I just wanted to make sure I got as much gameplay as I could. I didn't really get a chance to, like, start customizing it, and what i have been reading, like, custom customizing your stuff is just as satisfying as-, as playing the game sometimes. Like, you can spend, I don't want to say an hour, but you can spend some time at the workbench, like, really grinding out your gear. Yeah, I'm in there looking at, like,
1: everything, how to unlock this, that, and, like, what comes do what, but... <laughs> I, I do really like that mode. I think I that, that was the first time I played it when I came over here. He had recommended it to me. I'm going to be going back and adding that one to my list because that one plays a little bit more like Search and Destroy or like they had Cyber Attack before, which was a variant of that where you could revive your dead teammates. You can revive your dead teammates or kill the entire enemy team or you get away with the hostages. And so I really, really liked it. I thought that was a lot of fun that I'm just like, oh, man. that's Normally I wait to do one life game modes until i kind of have an idea of how each map works but that's one that i think was a lot funner and gave me a lot more opportunity that i would have no problem throwing that in because so far i've only played a little bit of search and destroy i haven't played too much again because i don't have everything quite unlocked
0: where i want it to be but i also don't have all the maps known to where i really want it to be um well so is there anything else you want to add on before we end the call of duty multiplayer kind of
1: short review I think that with a few updates, and especially after Warzone 2, we'll kind of really see the direction of this game. I think it has the potential to be really, really good. I think right now it's just kind of fallen a little bit short. And again, I believe that it's mostly due to how much they have trying to fucking go on at one time. But again, we'll, we'll
0: we'll see. So is there enough meat on this multiplayer where the average person that likes Call of Duty should go out and pick it up? If you don't strictly play hardcore mode, then yeah, I would I, I would do it for sure. Yeah, hey, I've done it.
1: Especially to the campaign I thought it was rock solid he thought it was rock solid yeah. combined with this it's you know it feels good to have that modern Call of Duty feeling again and not have like these old
0: ass weapons so nice. so um, that is a quick kind of review of the multiplayer and uh, let us know if you guys have been playing it Cian I know you've been playing it I'd love to hear your thoughts down below um, so guys that is the end of our main story so now we're gonna move into questions of. The week. Now, guys, if you want to submit a question that Andrew and I answer on the show, you can do so a couple of ways. You can either leave it in the YouTube comments down below uh, and we can grab them there. You can email us at lastcallproductions@gmail.com, at gmail.com or you can find me on social media at Craig Perales. You can send me a message and I can grab it there. So our first question comes from uh, Sarah Johnson and they write, uh, did you see the Ben Stiller God of War trailer? I thought it was pretty funny. I miss when PlayStation used to do funny marketing. The good old days. Uh, Andrew, yeah, you sent it to me, so you saw it first. What what would you think? I thought it was hilarious. Yeah, I loved it. I thought it was good. I've seen some
1: people hating on it and saying, like, oh, the joke goes too far. It's funny. It's not funny after the first 20 seconds. I'm like, no, that was absolutely hilarious. I know. The ending was the the better part. I think that uh, PlayStation's always done historically better commercials than anybody else has. Microsoft, I can only think of, like, Three commercials where they're like peak commercials. The first Gears of War one, dope. Uh, yeah, with the song singing, and then that song blew up. And then the Halo. I think it's three where he throws down like the bubble shield and the fucking rocket hits, and then he takes off running. And then also with Halo, that same one where they have like all the puppets there, and it's like a big fucking battle scene, and then the grenade starts going to Master Chief's hand. Those are like the three commercials I can name you from them. I get. Oh, I miss all the commercials from playstation especially with like that old dude who used to be like the fake ceo what? i was just gonna
0: say i always like dude any other conversation i could i could have that guy's name in right now i, just, I like, I I'm, like I'm like I, i'm like i know he's gonna bring it up and i'm instantly trying to think about it but dude yeah that guy was the perfect embodiment of like fun gaming in a mega corporation because the only one i can really think of the like because nintendo is one of their best one was super mario smash brothers when that came out but yeah after watching that man because if you guys haven't seen it and if you're watching the YouTube you've seen it now it's got Ben Stiller John Travolta and uh, LeBron, LeBron James. and they were all like in group counseling therapy with their kids and it's a reference to God of War Kratos with his son and I, I can't even really I don't want to spoil anything you've got to just watch the, the conversation it's as so it progresses funny. who do, who'd you say was the funniest I thought John Travolta, John Travolta was, was hilarious John Travolta
1: so. by far was the funniest one he was nice. so funny so it, it is and great.
0: he's looking good I thought he looked great I mean he had the Kratos look uh, I mean, that's as much
1: as I'll say he's the best I've seen him in I don't know why. Maybe because I picture him being old, and maybe the last photo I saw of him wasn't too flattering. Right. But I pictured him maybe in like declining health. No, he looked
0: great. Yeah, he, he's the best he's ever looked. So if you guys are interested in checking it out, uh, I'll put the link in the description. And I really, I'm with you. The good old days. I hope Sony recognizes that we want comedy in our stuff we want we want people to feel like they're relating to us when we see these trailers not just state of plays with robotic voices talking to us we want people engaging with this my only other question was uh, what did that cost them to to make i mean not only you've got lebron stiller and travolta but then you know you've also got all their kids in there and that can't be that can't be cheap <laughs> i would put this one up there and i think the pinnacle playstation commercial I would, I would put it like
1: behind it and maybe i'd have to try to think of some other ones but for the immediate right now i would put it just under the one where all the game characters are in the bar. And I think, I think one. it's like Ben came in and saved me. I forget what the guy's name is. It's like, he came in and saved me in the trenches and they're all drinking to like the, the PlayStation
0: player, whatever. I'm like, man, mm-hmm. that
1: commercial has always been really cool. But this one's like pretty close up there. Yeah. So
0: I'm super happy they did it. And hopefully um, it's a sign that they will do more. So uh, thank you for the question. And the second question comes from uh, Travis R. And they write Christmas is coming up fast. Christmas story. Christmas looks pretty good huge fan of the original, can't wait to see this. Yeah, I was looking it up. The original in my head it's older because I know it takes place in the 40s. So in my head I thought it was just always made back then that we just saw it all the time, but it was made in 1983. And whether you like it or you don't, there's no argument that it's it's a Christmas classic. Icon, I, I, I'd yeah. argue that some people would say it's their favorite Christmas movie. So the hesitant is always when you watch these movies that are 80, you know, from the 80s or 90s making these you know, 20 to 30-year-old kind of sequels, when, you know, Zoomlander, like Hocus, Hocus Pocus 2, a lot of them don't really hit the mark, and this thing could completely miss it, but after watching the trailer, because I think, was that the first time you watched it, or did you see it earlier? That was the first time I watched it, and you're more into this movie, so I'll kind of go a little okay, bit yeah. first. I, I, I just think it hits, I think it follows the characters correctly, and, I'll, I, and then I'll go after I, it. Yeah, I'm
1: saying, I think it follows them correctly. I'm not the biggest fan of that movie. I think it's all right. That I was like, okay, you know, this looks cool it's not ever the first one's not ever a movie I'd put on but if it was on I'd watch it for background noise or just leave it on that this I'm at least willing to go out on a limb and check it out and who knows maybe that'll retroactively change for me if it is good maybe I'll end up loving that first one but either way I definitely could see you know you being all over this yeah well my
0: biggest question provided is, it's good because I haven't I, I guess I gotta rewatch it and if you've seen it in the comments let me do, let, let me know down below is I've got to look at what technology is around them at the time because if this movie took place in the fourth. 40s and Ralphie is now maybe in his in his 40s then it's got to be the 80s you know I mean it couldn't be a 1940s or 90s because then he'd be 80 so I I kind of just was thinking about that right now when I'm looking at the timeline I'm like wait this movie has to be in the either the 80s or early 90s because obviously his father's passed away if you watch the trailer, no spoiler, but his mom's still alive. So if his mom's still alive, there's no way it's 2000 anything. So yeah, I am kind of curious about that because if it is set in like an 80 timepiece, I guess you're having a lot more fun with that and like how much more things you could get away with um that'd without like, having a cell phone or things like that. That'd
1: be a lot cooler, like an 80s or 90s set.
0: Thing. Yeah, so um, I'm with you. I really thought the trailer looked cool. Um, they not look the I'm best. I'm ready for another Clark Griswold. I, dude, that'll be the day. If Chevy Chase ever gets an acting job again, it'll be too soon. Uh, so thank you for the question, Travis. And the final one uh, comes from Stephen M. And they write uh, Who is more iconic, the Blue Eyes White Dragon, or I think it says of, or Charizard from the Pokemon series? Obviously, Blue Eyes being from Yu Gi Oh! Uh, what do you think, sir? I'd
1: say Blue Eyes White Dragon. And even if I know that I'm wrong in my heart of hearts, I feel like more people would recognize Charizard. I feel like Blue Eyes, White Dragon is just fiercer, leaner, meaner. Way more iconic. And definitely a better debut for the first time that thing showed
0: up than when Charizard showed up for the first time in the cartoon. Yeah, I'd argue that... um the name alone, even though I mean, if you listen to it, it's just basic words put together. The blue eyes, white dragon. But the moment you hear it, I'd argue the name is more iconic. I mean, if you're an if you're an anime circle, I would say the average Joe knows Charizard. Right. My grandma and mom might know. Oh, that's from Pokemon, and not know what that is. But if you are in the anime circle, I think the name of the blue eyes, white dragon is that is the pocket dragon that everyone kind of wants. Charizard is more Mickey Mouse to me, where he's kind of the eye. He's kind of the mascot. Of, it, of the dragons, I guess. But, yeah, the Blue Eyes, man. There was no going back. And then, it, what was cooler? When the Blue Eyes goes the three-headed or when Charizard goes... I, I don't know what you call it. Mega? Oh, it'd have to be three-headed. I would say even before Charizard
1: goes mega, I'd put just where Kaiba first had all three of them on the fucking field at once. Dude, isn't that like episode like one or two? That's like the first... Yeah. Yeah, because the first one's when he has Exodia. I think that all happens in one... And it's at least like the two. first arc. It's like the Raditz saga. It's like that first arc that he goes to I think through. the first episode mm-hmm. is that from what I remember right and that one doesn't have as much fucking filler 40 minute conversation on the side because when I, I go back and watch that show all the time that I'm like god skip the conversation skip the conversation that I don't think there's as much of that in the first one so there's a lot of but then again the dueling's really weird in that too none of the fucking rules apply yeah the yeah, I, mean, no, yeah the I remember buying the decks and you're like wait wait they're doing summons without sacrificing all kinds of shit but
0: uh I know I'm reading these rules I'm like well Yugi didn't do that <laughs> I'm just ready to throw out Karibos, And the other thing I would just say, the scope, like the blue eyes, is such a bigger dragon. As a kid, I always I thought Charizard was bigger. And then when you see him in the episodes, he's like a foot so taller tiny, than, than yeah. a kid that's four or five. So I don't know how he was ever flying on it, But wouldn't we couldn't we say that uh, the red eyes black dragon is just as iconic? I would. Yeah, dude, I loved that dragon. So um, thank you for the question. Again, you guys, if you have anything you want to ask us about, it doesn't have to be just be video game related. <coughs> it can be any thought you have on your head. Make sure you guys send it so we can answer it. So, guys, that is the end of our episode. That is the end of episode 152. Make sure you guys join us next time for episode 153. So until next time, guys, I'm Craig Paralis and this is Mandrew Montemayor. <coughs> Cheers. Happy late Halloween. the legendary Blue-Eyes White Dragon. Take flight, Blue-Eyes White Dragon, rise! Go, White Lightning Attack! Blue eyes white dragon